Welcome back to another episode of Pillars of Heaven. This is a very special episode. Uh, it's going to be a little bit out of the ordinary on how we, we do things. Uh, a lot of things have happened to JB this week, and there's been a, a lot of questions and a lot of concern about his, his well-being and um, things that happen. So I have JB here in the studio. Welcome, JB. Thanks, Dr. Mike. Yeah, man. It's great to have you back here. We yeah. did miss you. Thank you. Um, and... Uh, I know you want to talk about it, and I know people want to hear about it, and I'm not going to say much. I'm, I'm going to turn this over to you, and you walk us through what happened, man. Yeah, I was uh, thinking about actually sometime today writing the testimony out, but then I thought, well, when you said about wanting to record, I said, well, you know, maybe that's, that's a good idea. Maybe it's a better idea. And I think so, you can still write it, too. Yeah, you know, that, yeah that's true. That I know sometimes when I write, I have an easier time organizing my thoughts. Yeah. But uh, so. So walk us through. This is this last past week that I'll start from, start from the beginning. Okay. What, what happened and uh, what led up to what happened after that. All right. Go ahead. All right. So um, I guess I could start in present time and work my way back. Yeah, you can do that. So Tuesday, I had uh, an, anxiety, an anxiety attack. And I've had anxiety attacks before, but uh, this one was a little intense. And um, but I but I calmed myself down from it, you know. And I was able to throughout the day. I finally calmed down, and I reached my quote unquote normal. Hmm. And then the next day, I um, was driving into work. And as soon as I pulled into the parking lot, I was listening to the Word FM like I do most mornings. And this one guy was talking about anxiety. And he was talking about like the problem is with with people with when they're dealing with anxiety and possibly when they're dealing with sins is that they often will ask forgiveness of their sins. But what they really need to do is ask that the Lord breaks the cycle of sin hmm. because when you get caught up in sin or, or the, 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 the saying living in sin, it's the cycle of sin that you, it's like a, it's like a bondage, you know, you're, you're kind of wrapped up into it. And even though you might repent of it, you might still wind up going back to it. I, I know that some people are just like, uh, they'll ask forgiveness and, and then they don't, alter what they're doing. So right. it's just a repetitive cycle and, and they feel like it's a, like a free pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, I ask forgiveness, so I can keep going on this. I'll just keep asking forgiveness. And it's not necessarily that they mean like ill will about it. It's just that I don't think they fully understand that they're the grips of sin are upon them. And that even though they might have good intentions, they just can't seem to break away from it. And so when the, I don't know if he was a pastor or a doctor, but when he was on the radio program and he was saying that we need to ask the Lord to break the cycle of sin. And I was like, okay. So after I parked my car, I prayed this unique prayer that I never prayed ever before. This was Wednesday morning. I prayed, I asked, I asked the Lord Jesus, I said, please break the cycle of sin. And for anxiety, you mean? No, or for, no, for, um, I was referring to, alcoholism. Hmm. So I, I am admitting now I am a recovering alcoholic. I haven't had the, today is Friday, Friday morning. 
I haven't had an alcoholic beverage since Tuesday evening. Um, but it was a, it was something I was struggling with. I knew it was getting out of control. I was drinking every night and it was starting to get heavier and heavier. And even though I knew that, that I needed to stop doing it and to get it under control, it was something that I returned to, you know, every single night. And even though I read passage after passage, because I still read the Bible all the time, even, even amidst all the drinking I did, I still read the Bible regularly. And so even after passage after passage of reading about drunkenness and drinking, and even though I felt it, you know, I felt it, you know, I felt it sneaking to me, I still kept returning to it like a dog returns to its vomit. And that's from scripture. Yeah. Um, so... So, uh, so that message I heard on the radio that morning, Wednesday morning, it really hit me because I'm like, yeah, he's right. Like the cycle of sin has to be broken. So another reason why and Dr. Mike and I talked a little bit before the, uh, before we started recording and, uh, I said, you know, one of the things that I think Jesus wants to use me for and why it's so important that I come out with this today is that. I want to help other people that are struggling with this, this, um, situation, because a lot of times one sin leads to another. And I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. But first I want to say that I prayed that the Lord breaks this cycle of sin. And this was early in the morning because, um, usually my, my best friend shows up a little while later after I get, you know, after I'm there for a little bit, I'm reading the Bible and stuff. And so he shows up and then we hang out a little bit and all of a sudden I feel this anxiety come on, but it was similar to the day before. So I'm just like, all right, here we go again. And, uh, I try to calm myself down and it keeps on persisting. And, um, when I use the bathroom, as soon as I get into work, like I do every morning, usually I uh, go to blow my nose and I have this bloody nose now. Hmm. So I'm like, all right, well, whatever, because you know, it's, it's winter time and that's common for me to get bloody noses in the winter. Uh, so I plug it up cause I'm like, well, I don't have time for this. I got to get to work. So I go to my station and I'm working and I'm still dealing with the anxiety, but again, you know, anxiety attacks, it wasn't my first one. So I just try to work myself down from them. But um, it wasn't going away. And while I was between jobs, I was sitting down and I'm like, all right, because this is like 40 to 45 minutes into my shift now. So I'm like, all right, let me take this plug out of my nose and wrap it up into a paper towel and throw it out because, you know, it has to stop bleeding by now, right? Hmm. Well, I take the plug out of my nose and then a stream of blood comes uh, streaming out. And I'm like, now I'm getting nervous. I'm like, what the heck is the matter with me? Why, why is my nose still running? Yeah. And so I quick grab the paper towel that I had stuffed in my pocket and I'm holding up to my nose and I'm running to the bathroom. Like, no matter where you are in this place, the bathroom's like a mile away because, you know, it's such a huge facility. So I'm like going as fast as I can tower walking with like, holding this paper towel to my nose. So I get into the bathroom and then I basically do the same thing I did before my shift. I plug it up again because I'm like, I don't got time for this. I got a, I got a job to do. I don't got time to bleed. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so so now I'm heading back to my workstation and now now my heart's elevated. Yeah. Now my heart's like is racing. And I start to do the next job, but now I'm kind of like getting into a panic mode, like beyond my anxiety. Your attack. nose still bleeding? 
because well my nose is plugged up now oh, okay. but my heart's elevated right, right. my heart's starting to race now and so now i'm like i don't know what's going on now like am i like am i having the onset of a heart attack yeah you know i didn't know so i went to my coworker, and i said to him i said hey uh you know, I, I think you should call nine one one because my heart is is elevated and I don't know what's going on. And at first he like he chuckled and he's like, Are you are you joking? No. And I said, No, I'm serious. And he yelled at me, he said, Well, go to the dispensary. Yeah. So I went to the dispensary and the nurse there, she she took my my pulse, uh my heart rate and it was hundred and thirty seven. Um and she's like, Yeah, you're definitely going to the hospital. What was your blood pressure? Did she check it? I don't remember. I just remember the number was 137 for, I guess, the beats per minute. Hmm. But I mean, I felt like I just did, like, because I'm, I'm a power lifter from previous years. So I felt like I did a heavy set of squats yeah, yeah. or like a jog. Yeah. That's how my heart felt. And I was just sitting there in the nurse's office. I, I asked that because a similar thing happened to me and uh, my blood pressure was so high that I started bleeding through my nose just like that wouldn't stop and it was for like a long time <laughs> really <laughs> like i i was away skiing on a trip not to take anything from your no story. no go ahead um, i was i was in vermont actually skiing and uh, we were in the in the condo and everybody was asleep except me and i'm in the bathroom same thing heart race um and, and i just felt like I thought my nose was running and I wiped my nose and it was blood. Yeah. And then I ran to the bathroom and it just started pouring. And it, it for, I, I want to say over 10 minutes. Oh, wow. I mean, the, the bathroom looked like a crime scene. <laughs> and I was like, you know, and I'm like, okay, I, I have no idea what's going on. Um, and I had to wake people up and like, I think I'm, I'm dying. You need to, you need to yeah. get me out of here. And especially what, if you felt like your heart was racing yeah, too. And, and what happened with me is my blood pressure was so high that had I not done you know, bleeding through the nose, I would have stroked out. And, um, uh, that would have been a whole, <laughs> a whole different set of stories. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I just, so I asked about your blood pressure. Go ahead. And there was a, there was a lot of faces to things that contributed to this you know one of them was um social media so like I'm, I'm trying not to look at social media as much as far as like what's going on around the world type stuff because that feeds into the anxiety um i think that one of the things one of the messages that i got from jesus christ from all this was focus on me not the storm hmm. and that's something that we need to you know Dr. Mike knows I read the Bible all the time. Dr. Mike reads the Bible all the time. This is stuff we know, but as humans, we need to be constantly reminded of this stuff. You know, it, it's like when I was reading in the, I'm reading through the book of Matthew right now. And it's like when, when Peter said to Jesus, if it's really you, Lord, tell me to come walk out to you on the water. No. And then he, and then Jesus said, well, come on. And so Peter stepped out of the boat and he was walking on the water, but then he got scared because he was looking, he was focusing on the, the rain and the waves and the wind, and then he started to sink. And it's the same thing with us because Jesus is basically telling us, focus on me, not the storm. Yeah, amen. And so there's a lot of things that can contribute to our anxiety, and it's up to us whether we want to fuel that or not. Um, if you focus too much on what's going on around you instead of focusing on Jesus Christ, yeah, you're going to go into a tailspin. Yeah. So um, 
So then I wanted to go into a little bit more about after I went up in the hospital because they're asking me in in the ambulance ride they're asking me a series of questions and uh, they're asking probably the, the standard questions and asking me about my diet and I tell them like well I have you know an energy drink every morning you know because at first they said well do you drink that every morning and I say yeah every morning I have an energy drink and and then of course they said well that's they're not good for you and I'm like yeah I know. Uh, by the way, I want to tell you that I haven't. I also haven't had an energy drink um, since Wednesday morning, and I would drink them regularly every day. So I cut them out too. Um, That's tough too, cold turkey. I just, so, yeah, yeah, I just did it. Uh, I felt the Lord calling me to do it, and I don't want to mess with that, you know, because uh, this this whole this whole ordeal that happened Wednesday, I truly believe, was a shakeup from the Lord. And I'll, and I'll get into that too in, a, in just a little bit. But first I want to explain. So when I got to um, the hospital and uh, I was going through a series of bouts of anxiety, but then I was praying about it. And then I would see that the, my anxiety would come down. And it's interesting because once you're hooked up to the machine you know, and it's reading your, your heart rate and stuff, and you look at the monitor, yeah. you can see it in real time. Yeah. I, when I felt the anxiety come on, I could see my 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 heart rate go up, yeah. and then when I would pray and when I would try to breathe, you know control my breathing and push it out and everything, and I would start to relax, I would see the heart rate go down. Mm. It was really interesting just to see that yeah, yeah. in a, in real time as a visualization. Mm. So um, they did a series of tests. Uh, they did an X ray on my heart. They did an X ray of my lungs. They did blood tests, um, you know, they, they tested me for COVID and flu, all, all the standard stuff. So I'm waiting and waiting and I'm just like, you know, I really just wanted to get out of there. Yeah. Cause I just don't, I have trust issues with hospitals and doctors. So I'm just like, they wanted me to sign something and I refused to sign it. Hmm. You know, it was, it had to do with, um, you know, giving the, the judgment call to the medical professional if they felt like they should do something. And I'm like, no, nah, it's okay. Like I, I want to be the final say on anything. Yeah. So it was weird. I guess, I guess I take it that they're not used to people refusing to sign it because the one lady that came in, she was from the clerical department and she was like, like almost didn't know what to do when I, when I asked for a copy to read it and everything else, because like, nah, I want to read all that before I sign it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's, that's a whole different story, but definitely important. But anyways, um, so finally, because I I'm in the I I, I arrive at the hospital at eight thirty in the morning, hmm. and I don't get out until one. So I finally got the test results back between I'm gonna say between twelve and one somewhere around there, and they they come in and I'm like, all right, here like, we go. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm ready for bad news because like because yeah. like even the way she that the two ladies came in, the, the way they came in about it. And they're like, okay, well, we want to show this to you. And, and it's, I think it's better if you see it as a visualization because a lot of people learn better that way. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. And I'm like, oh, great. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Everything came back clear. There was no, like the, they, there was no issues with my heart. They said my heart was in great shape. They said that my liver was great. The, the, the enzymes in my liver were great. Um, they said that my lungs were great. Hmm. Um, I, I, the only thing that was negative and it really wasn't that big of a deal, but she told me that the, oh, I'm drawing a blank on what it was. Something in my urine was a tad high, but she said that's because 
she said to me, you mentioned that you were a bit dehydrated, so that's why that would be. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, other than that, so everything was good. Clean bill of health. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I know Dr. Mike, you and I had this conversation, was it last night or was it earlier this morning? Which one? Where I said that I feel as though like, it's like when, when I got these test results back, it was like Jesus was telling me, I've been preserving your body, but enough with this foolishness. And, and the reason why I say that is because, and I was explaining this to Dr. Mike earlier on in a conversation, I said, I, I've been abusing my body for years. I mean, with poor eating habits, very poor eating habits, and, and the closest people to my life know what I'm talking about just fast food, processed foods, energy drinks all the time, sometimes more than one energy drink a day, um, heavy drinking throughout my life. Uh, it would it would come through periodically, but you know, it, it was starting to get really heavy as of late. Um, smoking on and off. I mean, the, the abuse I put my body through, I mean, it should have been no surprise to me if something came back, you know, kind of like so-so, yeah. you know what I mean? But to have them report to me that everything was fine, it just tells me that Jesus Christ was preserving me and he has a purpose for me and he's not through with me yet. But he's telling me, knock it off. Yeah. You know, so I took that very seriously. Um, so before we move on, Dr. Mike, do you have any questions for me? Well, I know we talked about that. Uh, last, it was last night. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's, you know, for them to not, I, I know what it's like to sit in the hospital and just wait for the news to tell you that there's something bad. Um, you know, because your body's not, it's scary. Your body's not acting right and you don't know what's going on. I had no idea why I was spouting blood like, like crazy. Um but, you know, I have a high blood pressure issue. That's why I asked about you. Well, you know, what worked on my anxiety even more is because you you know why I have trust issues with the hospitals. For sure. So I don't want to be there. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm like, I know we have rights, but I feel like I'm like at their mercy, even though legally I'm not. And that's why I refuse to sign that that waiver, that notice, whatever. I, I, I was like, oh, great. I have to read this whole thing. But I didn't have to read very far because I read like the, the first or second paragraph and it said about giving them the right to make the judgment. I'm like, nope. Yeah. I just told her I'm not signing that. You know, it, it, it makes you feel like, you know, all these high important people and, you know, these people that think they're so wise. And so uh, you have no control. Over I it. want autonomy over my body. Yeah. And if they say, well, we're going to give you this medication and I'm going to say, well, no, you're not. Yeah, yeah. It's as simple as that because I don't want to take this, you know, but that's why, you know, like this is not what this episode is about, but I just want to put this out there because it really is important. Be very careful what you sign in hospitals and at doctors and read that, read through things. And if you are in, uh, thank God that I was in a, in a shape where I could still, uh, I was still cognitive and I could sign stuff for myself. But if you aren't, um, try, try to have somebody that's there as your advocate and that can help make those decisions for you so that you're not put in a situation where you're pressured into anything. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, I, I do know what it's like to, to, to worry and, and to not know. And it's scary because you don't know why your body's doing that. Yeah. And, you know, anxiety attacks. I've had one, I think one or two. 
where you actually think you're having a heart attack and it's, you have all the symptoms of yeah. heart attack. And, uh, I, and I heard really a get, lot of times are mistaken for them. Yeah. And then you really get scared. And then all the decisions in life that you've done and made uh, come creeping into your mind. Like, well, if I only didn't do this for 10 years or this for 20 years. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, it's very scary. And uh, did they give you any indication on, on what brought the anxiety on? Or just you think it's a, a, a series of things that chipped away at it? Well, they, they deemed it as alcohol dependence. That was like the last thing they listed on the four or five things they listed for my diagnosis. They said it was dizziness, um, I think elevated heart, ooh, excuse me, I think elevated heart rate was another one. Hmm. And at the very bottom was alcohol dependence. I think dehydration was one of them too. But, you know, it was a jab to my ego because yeah, yeah. like, you know, I knew I, because at first I was like, all right, um, you're calling, you're basically calling me an alcoholic. You know, that's the way I looked at it. Cause I'm like, I told them I had five to six drinks a night. Now I wasn't being completely honest because sometimes it was more than that. And I also didn't disclose to them the kind of beer I drank because I drank stronger beers with high alcohol content. So, um, after thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? They're right. I was like, this is like, I, I need to be honest with myself, you know, yeah. There's just, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, I will say uh, as an outsider looking in, no clue. No yeah. clue that you had that going on or that you were doing that. Well, a lot of times alcoholics will hide it, yeah. you know, because there's people don't want others to know about it. It's like a, it's like a problem that you try to contain. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you, uh, you carry on your daily life and you compartmentalize. See, we talked about compartmentalizing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's easy for you to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It's, yeah, yeah. We, no, we, we compartmentalize our lives. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like the Lord was saying, you know, you're a hypocrite because you're talking about this, but you're doing the exact same thing. And it's true. I was. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, well, this part of my day, I, I do this. Yeah. But you see, another sign where you know, like, you got a problem is when you think about it throughout the day. Like you crave it. You think about the alcohol, what like, you're going to drink later. Yeah, like can't wait to get home. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's another sign. Yeah. You, it's because what it does is it also falls under idolatry. Hmm. It's now becoming the Lord of your life. It's taking you, over your, your control. Yeah. 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 Good point. Yeah. And, and I know, I know alcoholics <laughs> and, and, but I, I've known severe severe alcoholics like you know and you could tell when they didn't drink they shook and and they you know when their body was detoxing you could tell um i've never had anyone have anxiety about it or or, or you know they they wouldn't tell me about that anyway um but it's just like you know like you're saying being a hypocrite like if i come on here and tell people that they you know you're not supposed to lie and, and you know we talk about sessions and, and series about lying and I'm I'm a compulsive liar. That doesn't yeah. make sense. Well, there's different levels of alcoholism. To go back to what you're saying just before, yeah. so there's 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 alcohol. You know, the thing is, is that things like like alcoholism and drug addiction, all that stuff, it's stuff that it it, it slowly grows. You know, it's like when when you're someone's a smoker, like they don't they don't just become a chain smoker overnight. It starts out as, you know, a few cigarettes here, a half a pack, then a full pack, and all of a sudden they're smoking, you know, 
you know, a pack every day. And then all of a sudden they're smoking a pack and a half a day and then it grows. It's the same thing with any and every other addiction, you know, and then it, it slowly takes over your life. You know, like there was a time when I didn't drink ice beer because it was too strong. I was drinking light beer. And then it got to the point where I was drinking so many light beers that I, I was like, all right, well, I got to go back to drinking these ice beers because I'm drinking too many. Then I was starting to drink as many ice beers as I was light beers. Mm. Then I, I had a, a bottle of booze that I would sometimes take shots out, you know, in between. You know, it, it's one of the things that it, it grows and grows and it doesn't really necessarily get any better because your tolerance starts to get higher yeah. and higher that's the same thing you said with drugs too and and i've lost friends that were uh drug addicts and they would hide what they did but they would their tolerance would be so high and then they would try to kick that and try to um eliminate it and they would they'll detox and go through that tremendous process and for a while they're okay and then uh, what happened in their case was they would slip and they would go back to the same dosage they were doing when they were high tolerant of it and their body couldn't handle it. Right. Uh, and that was it. And uh, super sad. That makes and, sense. And, yeah. That makes sense why a lot of them then uh, pass because yeah. of that. Uh, but that's, it's another story, but it's the same thing as far as tolerance and addiction. Oh, yeah. Um, the good news is, you know, that you are very open to identifying this and um you know sometimes god does do things to shake us up or to get our attention um it seems like you've got a, a an eye opening i mean for your body not to have any issues at all is one thing <laughs> amazing yeah. in in itself oh praise praise uh, god for that yeah. but uh i want to tell you how i found out about how this was all linked to the prayer that i said that morning yeah so after all was said and done and I got released from the hospital and uh, I got home and I, I don't think it was long before I got home that I just went up to bed and just laid down. And as I was laying there and I was relaxing at some point, I say it dawned on me, but I think it was revealed to me through the Lord Jesus Christ. That, hey, I prayed this? Yes. Yeah. It brought me back to the prayer that I said that morning yeah. before all of this. Yeah. And I was like, ah, because I said, I prayed to the Lord. See, I didn't have the I didn't have the chance to go through the whole "Why me, Lord?" phase, right? Because everything was going, to, everything was was in a tailspin, and it was all hectic. By the time I had time to, to like lay down in bed and relax, and then the revelation came to me about how I recalled that that prayer that I said early in the morning from hearing that unique radio program. I prayed that prayer, Lord Jesus, please break this cycle of sin. And it worked. Yeah. You know, Jesus Christ, he, he shook up my life. When I, when I was taken to the hospital, um, I did not have any drinks that night that I came home from the hospital. And, and I will mind you, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, make this very clear to everybody. I drank every single night. Yeah. Every night. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't miss a day. And, um, I didn't always drink the same volume every night, but it, it varied. Uh, but I always drank though. Uh, I didn't have anything that night. And, um, the next day, nothing. And what's today's Friday and I'm, and I'm not going to have anything tonight either. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I, I can't say I, I relate to it. I, I used to be a heavy drinker. 
I never drank at home uh, by myself ever, but I went out all the time, and it was, um, I loved it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, and there got to a point where I would be the last one awake, and, and I'd be looking around that everyone passed out, and I'm like, but is this it? Like, is this, Yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, um, but when, you know, I started getting closer on my walk with God, that all just vanished. Like the, the whole uh, I, I desire to, to, to do that, to drink, to have any of that uh, just gone. You know what I mean? So like um, I know where you're at right now and it's important at this point that you stay focused and it, you talk to people that are going through the same thing and that uh, maybe have experience with it. And um, just not saying that you're going to, it's not serious to you or right. it's not, it's, you know, iron sharpens iron. Oh yeah, and, definitely. And so it's important that to now surround yourself with um, people that know the experience that you've gone through and that can encourage you to stay away from that. You know, because it is, that's a very powerful thing to slip back into. It's very easy oh, to slip back into, especially when you're by yourself or you, what, what happened to me was, hey, I could sneak this in and no one will know, you know what I mean? Or I could do this and I would do things that I would normally never do just because I felt like I was getting away with it, you know, and I'm yeah. like, hey, I can do this and nobody knows. Well, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I agree with what you're saying, but, um, and, and for a lot of people that might be true, but with me, I, I think I'm just too afraid to do it because, uh, I mean, I, I, I have a refrigerator full of beer right now and I, I have a liquor, but I have full liquor bottle, you know, sitting right next to my desk and I haven't touched any of it, um, since Tuesday night. Yeah. Go dump it down the drain. But it's like at this point, like I, I don't feel really tempted by it. Any, anytime I feel tempted and I'm not tempted by the liquor bottle, I'm more tempted by the beer, mm. but anytime I feel any temptation towards it, I just like think back to what everything that happened and how I I was, you know, everything that I went through, you know, with the anxiety, because even, um, even being sober now for a couple of days, I, I still feel anxiety come on and I pray immediately. Like when I said to you earlier in a message that I live, I'm living by prayer. Yeah. I mean, I'm serious. I'm, I'm living by prayer right now. Yeah. And I, and I think that what's interesting is we never know, we, we never knew what the thorn and, and the Apostle Paul's yeah, side was. Right. But I'm starting to wonder if my the thorn in my side is anxiety because the Lord will, will relieve me of my anxiety from time to time, but every now and then it just sneaks back in and I pray. But it, it's like, to me, it makes me realize to myself that I am nothing. And without Christ, I can do nothing. Hmm. It's a very powerful statement because especially in modern day American culture, there's a lot of self-indulgence. There's a lot of self-love and a lot of like elevation of self. And I'm at the point now where I'm like, I, I can't do anything without Jesus Christ. And I, and I truly believe that until people come to that point, until they come to the point of self-denial, that we're not really all that usable by Christ. You know, because Jesus Christ used, God used in the Old Testament, he used all the people that were like the humblest and lowly of, of all the people to carry out all his amazing stuff. And, uh, I mean, he did use, uh, I mean, he used drunks and he used, uh, you know, it's, but, 
by the time they were through their things. I mean, God can use anybody. Sure. And, yeah, absolutely. And that's the point I'm making. It's they didn't start out humble and they didn't start out lowly and and very meek. Uh, they were some adulterers and there were some drunks and there was liars and and you know, um, but you get to that point where God look at look at Paul, he was an assassin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um so yeah, you get to that point where you're shaken up. And, and you had your your, I don't want to say come to Jesus moment, but it's because we've all had that, right? You know, uh, over and over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I could, if I can compare it to anything, it's almost like I feel like he, it's like I was on a track and he kicked the track, yeah, to like divert me to another, you know, a different direction. Yeah, it's like all right, well, you asked for it, so here it comes. You know what I mean? Well, I the, I, I I said I yeah. asked him break the cycle. Yeah. He's like, well, here it goes. Yeah. And he, he shook me up, that's for sure. Yeah, it's good. And it's, you know, what, what I've seen, and, and this is, I'm not pointing this at you or directing or insinuating this will happen with you, but the people that I have seen come out of that have to replace that with something. Like they're doing, that. that is fulfilling something in their life or that's their go-to. And that, now that that's cut out, they need another go-to. And that's where you have to de- dive even deeper into that book. Well, there's, you see that I'm doing stuff in baby steps because like, for example, I do eventually want to cut out vaping. I, I vape a lot yeah. and I, and I, then I know I probably shouldn't, but that's one thing that, that I, I lean on that a little bit. Um, also, uh, I was getting ready to go grocery shopping today and I was going to pick up some seltzer water because a while back, before all of this happened, one way that I was trying to cut down on drinking beer was uh, drinking seltzer water because really? I just I loved I I love carbonated beverages. Oh, I can't stand them. But I don't like soda because it's too sweet. Yeah, yeah. So I'll get literally just like flavorless seltzer water. Okay. And I just love I love the burn in my mouth, yeah. and it actually worked for a little bit. Yeah. This was before my drinking was getting really out of hand. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, drinking like maybe I'd have like say four beers. And then I would just, the next beer, the next drink I cracked open was a seltzer water. Yeah. So that might help you. You know, I, I, I told, not you, Dr. Mike, I meant, you know, yeah. every, anyone listening, this might help you if, if this is your case, if you love carbonated beverages, because sometimes I was in a situation where, you know what, I don't, it's not necessarily that I want a beer. I just want a carbonated beverage. Yeah. And I told that to my dad a while ago because he would, you know, go through uh, different bouts, not to like, you know, single him out, but he would go through baths where he would cut back on drinking. And I told him, I said, well, you know what? Try this. I said, try seltzer water because maybe you just, you know, you want the satisfaction of a carbonated beverage. Yeah. That's good. It, it, it sounds like God's like kicking that dependency out of you and, and showing you, hey, depend on me and, and not anything else. Yeah. And, and that's super important because, you know, we're all that clay in his hands that we have. he's going to mold us. And uh, hey, man, you you don't know where you're gonna go with this, and who I, you can you can reach with with, with because it, it's one thing to take advice from somebody that says, "Hey, I understand what you mean." Yeah, but it's another thing to take advice from somebody that lived through it. Yeah, and I really want anyone listening to this. If you're going through something like this, I want you to reach out to me, and we'll talk more about it one on one, like how to break the cycle of sin, what to pray, um, but it, the cycle has to be broken, and you know, it, it definitely shook up my life. 
some of the anxiety that I, that I, some of the anxiety that I could be going through within the last couple of days could be partly due to um, withdrawal. Yeah. So I'm not counting that out. So it's not like this is going to be like the rest of my life, you know. It, but it's for now. But I'm managing it, and I and, I, and I'm managing it through prayer. Um, but it, it can be done. Um, I, I truly believe that, you know, when when the Apostle Paul wrote in the New Testament that the battle we are facing is not flesh and blood, it is so true. Yeah. It is so true that most of the stuff is spiritual that we deal with in our life. Let, let, me, let me give you some, uh, it doesn't have to be advice, but it, it's something that helped some other people that I know went through that. They would take, like right now you said a frigid beer, it took a lot for them, but they would go home and destroy it all, right? Go home, dump it down the sink. But then they would take whatever amount of money they used to spend on beer a week and put it aside, and they would continuously be faithful to put that and say, I would have bought two cases of beer this week. And they put that money aside and didn't touch it. And at the end of the year, they would go somewhere they never went before. Yeah. And it changed their life, you know what I mean? And, and it's uh, another thing you can do to help. Yeah. If that helps. Yeah, you're right. It really is a waste of money. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Uh, but it's a very real thing. It's a, it's something that can oh, grab yeah. a hold of you. It's not any different or any worse than some of the other things that grip people. Yeah. Um, it, it is dangerous to your body, uh, for sure. But, um, but I mean, you know, like the, the words are in front of me the whole time, you know, reading the Bible, you know, and, 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 uh, it's, spoken about all throughout the Bible, but, you know, uh, the Apostle Peter talks about it in, the, in either First or Second Peter, you know, about carrying on and partying, you know, and everything else. And, you know, it leads to debauchery and all that. And that's another thing is, is you know, a lot of times, especially in my drunken state, I would look at pornographic material. Mm-hmm. So this is what I wanted to talk about that I, that I touched on earlier in this episode about how one sin leads to another. But you have to address the root sin. And the alcohol was changing my state of mind. It was It's like what the Apostle Paul was, uh, not the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter was saying, that the drunkenness and the, and the crazy partying and stuff led to debauchery. It led to these other indecent, immoral sins. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, it, it creates a cycle. It's a, you know, it's like that, it's like that person said in the radio program that morning is it's a cycle of sin and you might find yourself repeating this sin day in and day out. And then you ask for forgiveness of your sin because you know, you've done wrong, but it's like you, you're gripped. It's a spiritual stronghold. It's, it's a grip. It's a grip on your life. And when I listened to that radio program, I thought, wow, this, this guy is, is, saying a lot of truth here. And I said that prayer Wednesday morning. I said, Jesus, please break the cycle of sin. Hmm. And then that's when I went into a tailspin. (laughs) (laughs) That's when my life went sideways. But so I don't say like, why me, Lord? I say, thank you, Lord. Because I, I knew, and I know Dr. Mike and I, we talked about this, you know, in conversation I knew I needed to I knew I needed to stop what I was doing. I knew I was drinking too much. But I still did it. I still grabbed those cans of beer every every night, grabbing the beer. And then I drank one and I grabbed another one. And you know, if my can was can was empty, I was grabbing another one. And I was like potato chips. 
Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> it's, you know what I mean? It, and, yeah. I, and I know there's people out there listening. I guarantee there's people out there listening that are going to relate to what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I just want you to know that I do understand. Um, it is really difficult. And, uh, but if, if we don't, you know, if we don't come out with it, then it's not going to get any better. Uh, and if you want to talk about how to kick the cycle, I, I truly believe that most of our problems in life are spiritual. Um, and it, it all starts with prayer. Yeah. It started with prayer Wednesday morning for me. Yeah. And I didn't put two and two together when my heart was starting to race and I didn't know what was going on. Right. But it was revealed to me later on that day when I was laying in bed at home. Yeah. And it's like that, that program, I mean, I listen to the word FM a lot too. Uh, was it the, the, the DJ there or was it a guest they had on? I, you know, it's interesting because usually I hear the lady in yeah. the morning in between yeah. the, the music. Yeah. Cause they always play worship and praise music. At, Cause I, I leave for work around 20 to four in the morning yeah. and I get to work around four thirty in the, in the work parking lot. And it's usually the the lady that's saying like encouraging things. I forget her name, but it's it's her. This was a man that came on and like he just started talking about. I don't know if it was like an excerpt from another show. Okay, but he was talking about anxiety and sin and and breaking the cycle and everything else like that. Yeah, never heard of it before. Mm. And there was another message that I just was like, you know, there was like a there was a couple of messages on that radio station within the last couple of days that were specifically meant for me to hear because I think it was yesterday I went to work, but they didn't accept my paperwork that the hospital gave me. So I can't go to work yet until they get the records from the hospital. So as I'm on my way home from work, I'm listening to the word FM again. And there was a radio program on and they were talking about adversity and why God may be allowing you to go through adversity. And he, and it said that he said that it could be that he's, he might be preparing you for something that you might not be ready for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard. And that opens up so much conversation because <laughs> it's like, well, why would God put you through this if he's a loving God? And it's, you know, it's the same way you reprimand your children if yeah. you're doing something wrong and, and you, um, but I address all this. Like I, I acknowledge all this stuff is true. I mean, because it's well, that's a huge victory in itself. I, well, the reality is, is that I am not ready to be the shepherd that I need to be, yeah. because I, you know, not everybody in my life is saved, and well, that goes for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is that there, there's where we are approaching harder times, and. I can't be, I can't be a, an anxious mess when people around me are probably going to be an anxious mess. Yeah, I have to allow the Lord to make me strong, hmm. and I know I can't. I know I, I can't be strong on my own. I pray for strength, um, but I can't be the. I can't be the one that is is in a state of mess when people might be looking to me as a source of of encouragement. So, yeah, I, I truly believe that the Lord is preparing me and, and this adversity is what I needed to shake me up, to wake me up, uh, to say, look, you know, enough of this foolishness. That's a good point. I mean, I've gone through some wake-ups myself Yeah, <laughs> that, that we could do another episode of. It, it's a hard way to wake up, but, you know, it's, what, it's exactly what, you know, was needed. 
you know? I'm going to share a verse with you. Um, let me find it for you. Uh, that's coming to me right now. Um, give me one second. Oh, yeah, sure. There's a there's a verse I wanted to share, too. I know it's a bit off topic from uh, what we're talking about today, but uh, I wanted to share it. Go ahead. I know we were, we were talking about it a little bit uh, in a private message. Mm-hmm. So um, we were talking about getting basically a group tattoo for the ministry. Oh, yeah. And, do, uh, do you want to talk about that? Over the last couple of days, it's been a long couple of days, um, a lot has changed. A lot has changed on my outlook. So, you know, a lot of you probably know that I have a lot of tattoos and I have been like pro tattoo. But, I, but you know what? It's one of those things where when people would ask me, like, what do you what do you think about tattoos? Is it okay or not? And it was really a question that I didn't really want to answer because I never really was sure myself. But I always kind of bought into the whole, well, that's the Old Testament and the New Testament with the New Covenant with Jesus Christ. It's different because the Jews had to set themselves apart from everybody else. So they had to live a certain way. Um, but when I'm, so as I said earlier, I've been reading through the book of Matthew. Mm-hmm. And so this passage just really, really spoke out to me the other night. Um, so I'm just going to start reading it. It, it starts in uh, Matthew chapter five, verse 17. Don't suppose that I came to do away with the law and the prophets. I did not come to do away with them, but to give them their full meaning. Heaven and earth may disappear, but I promise you that not even a period or comma will ever disappear from the law. Everything written in it must happen. If you reject even the least important command in the law and teach others to do the same, you will be the least important person in the kingdom of heaven. But if you obey and teach others its commands, you will have an important place in the kingdom. Now, I'm not, you know, telling you know, anybody out there, like if you, you know, I'm going to leave it up to you, what you feel is, you know, you want to do, but I felt convicted after reading that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I actually canceled, I had a tattoo appointment this Saturday that I canceled and I don't plan on getting any more tattoos. Uh, but that's just, that's my conviction. So um, I think that it's easy for us to sometimes deceive ourselves Um I felt deceived. I felt that I was deceiving myself for many years. But I always felt like questionable about getting tattoos. And there's something also very interesting. I noticed that now I was going through a lot of stuff in my personal life, but um, at the time. But when I got the tattoo on my hand, Psalm 34 6, and when I got the tattoo of the verse on my wrist, I got them both to say at the same time. I, there was something different about me ever since I got those tattoos. How so? What do you mean? Uh, good or bad? Not, not good. Mm. Uh, it was almost like uh, something inside of me changed, and I noticed it a while back. And around that time, I think that's when my drinking started picking up even more. Mm. I, like, this is a personal conviction of mine. You know, I, you, know you, might, you might disagree with me, but... I don't think that we are supposed to get tattoos, but that's just that's just where I'm at. I'm covered with tattoos. All I'm saying is is that don't look at JB and say, "Well, JB has tattoos, so I'm going to get tattoos." Because I'm telling you right now, I'm not advocating it anymore. Um, I I can't take the tattoos off of my skin. I mean, I could get the laser surgery, but the scars would still be there. 
But the point is, is that I made my choices in the past and they're there on my skin, but I am not going to encourage anybody to get tattoos. That's just where I stand on it. Yeah. We did an episode on the tongue about tattoos and piercings and, um, yeah, you know, and I, I heard a, an interesting thing, and everybody thinks different about it. A lot of people point to that verse in Leviticus that talks about it. Um, and that's the thing is because people people don't know because the Bible in the New Testament, it doesn't really come out and say anything about tattoos. Yeah. So I think that people often lead to the fact that, oh, I guess, well, since that was the Old Testament, then it doesn't really apply to the New Testament. But then you have that passage from Matthew 5 that says, you know, I'm not taking away anything from the laws. And if you te- if you um, reject even the least important of the laws and teach others to do so, that's what really hit me. Cause I'm like, here I am like pressuring you guys into getting tattoos. I felt convicted and I'm like, yeah, like, no, uh, like I, I'm going to pull the plug on this. Yeah. Everyone, I mean, that's an issue that people are, I mean, it's, everyone I talk to has one, one opinion or the other. And it's, I've heard, conflicting arguments on it both ways. The verse in Leviticus, uh, I've heard, you know, okay, well, that verse was for the Levites and they were priests and they were also not allowed to shave the side of their head, cut their their sideburns, and they weren't allowed to eat rare meat. And and then they take that argument further and say, you know, they ask Jesus, what is the most important law? And he doesn't say, don't get tattoos. He said, love. Right. And, And so, so there's arguments to go back and forth. Uh, I have a tattoo on, on me. Yeah. Um, so I'm not by any means condemning anybody that has tattoos. No, no. Uh, my, my reasons for getting mine and, and whatever are different. And um, that was before all of this also. So uh, we- Yeah, and it's, we, not, it's not our place to condemn yeah, anybody. Not, not, not at all. Um, it doesn't mean that- uh, It's just that I feel convicted about it now. So th- yeah. this is where I stand. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, to everybody, everybody has to to come up with their own, um, their own decision on right. that and how they feel. And yeah, uh, that verse I found it, it's Romans five and it's one through five, and it says uh, when we're talking about your uh, suffer, your uh, going through this trial, and and uh, it says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. And it says, because God's love, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy spirit uh, who has been given to us. And, and that the, the point is uh, everyone's going to go through their, their, their thing. And we're told to rejoice when we go through this stuff, because it is in fact, even if we cannot see it now, it's, preparing you for something else and it's building you up for something else. And just like you said, you don't know um, what's coming or whatever, but you're going through this now and it's preparing you for something else. Um, So you should, just like you said, not woe is me. Why is this happening to me? It's thank you that this happened to me and now I'm prepared to take this forward. And if I could reach somebody else with this or, or from this, then, then that's where you, and you won't find out why or when until, just like I said, I, you know, before when I was an insomniac and I'm, I'm the only one up at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning and I'm laying in bed, like, why can't I sleep? What, you know, okay, now I have two hours before my alarm goes off. Now I have an hour. Uh, I might as well just stay up. You don't know why that happens until you get that phone call 
at three in the morning because that person knows you're awake. Yeah. You're, and, and they're like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about killing myself and I knew you were awake. You know what I mean? So you really don't know. Uh, well, you know, what's interesting is the, the morning that I sent a message to my mom, this was when they were doing the, uh, the pickup from Forks. Yeah. Um, I said, hey, I'm at the hospital. Could you guys pick me up when they release me? And my mom told me later, she said, you know, it's interesting because I just got done saying to Terry that uh, let's, let's go shopping at the Allentown Sam's Club today. Hmm. And so- Strange. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it what, what was weird to because I was with your mother that morning, and uh, the next day when, when we talked, I was like, you know, it's weird is uh, I had just sent you some pictures, and I had just said what happened that day and and, and whatever, and you wrote back, you know, great work, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I actually like, wrote he, that. I think I wrote that from the hospital <laughs> bed, and I was like, he's, <laughs> he said nothing to me no. about whatever, and and I, I, I didn't want to be a pro, I didn't want to be a burden on everybody. You and know, I'm like, I didn't I, even want to tell my parents <laughs> that I. Because I didn't want to, I didn't want to get them all stressed out. But I, I didn't have anybody to to really call on because my dad doesn't even know that I was in the hospital. Oh wow! Yeah. But I didn't want to call him for a ride because he was just getting over COVID. No. And so you know, I didn't want to bring him out, and I, I didn't want to bother Kitty because Kitty has stuff going on with her thumbs, and I didn't want her to drive that far. Well, it's and funny. She's getting over pneumonia. Yeah, and she she called me and she's like, "Did you know JB's at the hospital?" And I'm like. No. And she's like, did you talk to him? I'm like, yes. <laughs> he just sent me a message. He said nothing. You know, I'm, I'm like, I, yeah. So that was a shocker for me too. I just didn't want to make a big production out of it. I didn't want to get everyone all worried. Um, like I said, the only reason why I bugged my, my parents, mom and stepdad is because they were really the only ones that I knew were, you know, not going through anything at the moment. And so I'm like, all right, well, you know, let's see if they could just take me up and take me back to my car because I, I, I took an ambulance ride from my job, so I needed a way to get <laughs> get out of there. You're stranded at the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. They even told me like, hey, well, just to let you know, before they took me to the hospital, they're like, just to let you know, the ambulance is going to take you there, but you got to find a way back. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right? Yeah. But it's, yeah, you know, you never know what, what's going to uh, come down the, the line and, and who's going to cross your path. And like you said, and you gave that invitation for people to message you. And uh, yeah, I want to make sure that they know that it doesn't have to be publicly. They can send you a private message. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. If you send me a message, I'm not going to blast it to anybody. It's, yeah, yeah. it's completely confidential. And if you like, if you feel it in your heart that you want to put the message out there publicly, if you want to make a testimony, then by all means, we can we can make that happen. But uh, but it's completely private. I, I completely understand. With me, I just personally felt uh, driven to 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 come out with this. Um, I at first I didn't I wanted to wait just because I was so like deflated from yeah. what happened Wednesday that I just like I basically said to Dr. Mike I said to Bree I said I do want to make a testimony about this but I just want to wait a little bit because I just needed to like yeah Got calm it. down a little bit and you know but yeah I that's something I wanted to do because I want to take this further than just myself. This was a lesson that I had to go through, and I'm sure that many others do too. And Dr. Mike, just to basically answer sort of what you were mentioning earlier about 
you you not knowing why you're going through something in your life. Yeah. I said, well, the short answer is this, and, and the Bible is very clear on this. Drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, the, the Bible says that, um, I'm pretty sure it says that in the, uh, the books of Peter. And uh, I'm not saying that you can't have a drink, you know, but it's, it specifically says drunkards, you know, people who, who get wasted all the time, you know, people who drink heavily. Um, so on the short term of things, Jesus was, was, you know, telling me to knock it off. You know, he, he, you know, he kicked me off of the, the, the road I was on and he, and he diverted me hmm. because I had to change my ways. You know, I was like, it's like I was partially there, but I just wasn't quite there. You know, like I read the Bible all the time. I prayed all the time and, you know, Jesus might've been gone. That's good, but this needs to change. Yeah. And so when I prayed about breaking the cycle, it changed everything. And that, and that's very important. Now the long term, the unknown, what's, what's God going to use me for in the, in the future, in the near future? I don't know. Yeah. It could be this. It could be reaching out to people who, other people who need help, but it also could be that he's preparing me for some kind of a, a shepherd or leadership role where people might look to me for, for encouragement or answers. And I can't be an anxious addict mess in order to do that. And so, you know, I needed Jesus to say like, look, you need to clean up this foolishness. You need to clean up this mess. Because what I have in store for you, you can't you can't be tied up in all of this. Yeah, and it's right. He Jesus is right. Well, Jesus is always right. You know, we know that, but it's true. I mean, I can't if I'm if I'm rely if I'm neck deep in something myself. How am I gonna help anybody else? Yeah, and, and you know, there's there's a passage in James. Um, here's the NIV, uh, James three, and it, it talks about not many of. Uh, not many of us becoming teachers um, because you you are judged more strictly. You're held to a higher standard, and it's a very serious charge that that we're given. If we, I mean, I make no mistake, we are teaching people, um, and you and I are held to a a higher um, responsibility to be even better than uh, than we can be. And yeah. um, I'm by no means saying that I'm. <laughs> elevated by you know um i have my issues and i deal with them and and i i you know i've come a long way and uh you're coming a long way and this is the these are the things that help you define you know uh, and, and get control and you put that reliance on jesus more and you know I, when i was going through man and i would just tell people you don't understand what's going on around me and I, my world's crumbling and this is so intense. And, you know, somebody told me the same thing and like, stop looking at the storm. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it, it just hit you like a ton of bricks and you're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're that's, right. That's all I'm looking at. Uh huh. And I'm not looking at the, you know, where my rock should be and where my foundation is and where I get my strength from. And you know what, when you focus on that focal point of Christ, all that other stuff in your periphery, gone. Yeah, like you don't focus on it. It's out. Of, it's blurry, and that's all you see. And that's when you can start to experience peace. Yeah, and and that's 
that's what's happening, you know, and, and there's tons of people going through storms, man. Yeah. And, and it might seem like your world's crumbling around you. And it is. And I'm not that's saying what's happening. I'm not saying that you should live with your head in the sand and not know anything that's going on in the world, but don't focus when you give power to that yeah that's the issue it's you're you're not just taking it in and saying okay um i know this is happening it's it's that fear that creeps in and it takes over yes and and you actually give power to that and you know jesus said you speak to that mountain and you can throw it in the sea and i really believe that it's not just talking about a physical mountain that's a mountain in your life that's causing you uh, that's an obstacle in your life yeah and if you speak to that obstacle you've got authority through christ to get rid of that and you know jesus christ said when you know if something's causing you to sin get rid of it right and you know social media didn't exist back then so he didn't say that but um if, if like something like tiktok is causing you anxiety get yeah. rid of it yeah because it's that's an anxiety machine right there you know what? You don't even realize the freedom that that gives you, and and the feeling of of complete, uh, you know. And if you if you rip the bandaid off and you're out of it, if you're in it all day and you rip the bandaid off and stop, eventually you just don't care about it anymore. Yeah. And, and it becomes so unnecessary in your life, um, and then your focus is on something else. And the important thing is here that, um, you know. You're, you're founded and your your rock and, and your strength and everything is on Christ. And you are going to have, like my favorite verse is, you're going to have trouble in this world and you're going to have pain and suffering and persecution and, and, and trouble. You're going to have trouble. The thing is, and that this is just coming to me now, the thing is, is if you allow yourself to be fed anxiety all the time, and I'm picking on TikTok because TikTok is so good for this because there's so many people on there talking about all the current events and they're adding their two cents. Yeah. If you allow your your life to be ridden of anxiety, you are going to wind up embracing the first promise of peace. Yeah. And we know that yeah, is yeah. probably going to be a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, it says that it says in the Bible that even the elect could be deceived. We have to guard our hearts and our minds and our souls with all our strength and we have to pray for strength from Jesus Christ and we have to pray for his protection and we have to focus on him and not the storm. If you focus on the storm, if you constantly get bombarded with all these, these messages and videos from TikTok and everyone speaking doom and gloom, you are going to, to focus on the storm and you're going to be an, an anxious mess and you're going to sink in the water like the apostle Peter did. You know, and, and the problem with stuff like that, with, uh, you know, TikTok and all the other things like that is, let's say you don't have an opinion about something or you don't have a thought or a, a, uh, anything about that topic. And now you see constantly these people telling you their side and their, it doesn't take long for you to start to side with them. Yeah. Without you just thinking or, or trying to research stuff for yourself or find out the truth, you ha you could have somebody on there telling you a distortion and that's all you've ever heard. And now they're like, well, that's what they're saying. Uh, yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of conversations where people bring up that topic and then you just shoot out what you've been told, you know, and that becomes something you start to live by and something you start to believe. And that's dangerous if you're not getting a true and accurate, uh, you know, the truth. You're getting somebody's rendition of, of what they think the truth is. And those opinions can start to attack your faith. And that's what, that's another thing I'm getting at. 
is that the bottom line is God is in control of everything. And we said that multiple times. Uh, that's why I always say to read the whole Bible, the Old Testament, because it, you know it, it, it says uh, God is in control of everything, every single event. Nothing is outside of his control. So always lean on God for everything. If you're worried or anxious about something, pray to the Lord. Ask Jesus for help. Ask him for guidance. Ask him for protection. There's, there's nothing that is more powerful than his final say and his final word. His word is the final word. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and it's, you know, it, it's I, I, I don't want to say I'm glad that you went through this, but I am glad you went through this. I had no idea um, that you were suffering like that. Uh, but that's, man, that's a victory for you. Yeah. And, and oh, I'm glad. I'm grateful it happened. There's no, you, you got to remember, like, you know, we say this a lot. It, it is, there's no victory without a battle. And you can't claim that victory if you don't have a battle. Yeah. And, and this is a battle. And it's. Uh, oh, like I said, I, I was meant to hear that message on the radio that morning. Yeah. And I was meant to pray that prayer because I guarantee you, uh, if I hadn't, I would have been drinking all these last couple of days, just yeah. like I was. Yeah. Well, I, I I know that you know the encouragement and the. I mean, everybody's here for you. You know that. I know Bree's there for you. You have a whole community of people behind you. Um, everybody wishes, and well, not just wishes. We're going to pray the best for you. Keep JB and keep all of us in prayer, um, because you know what? We're human, also. Oh yeah. We we go through the exact same things everybody else does. Um, you know, so it's important that we we pray for each other and, and we lift each other up, and you know this is this is a ongoing thing that's that you're gonna have to just like you said baby steps yeah and it's gonna be an every day just take it one day at a time that's it you don't you don't focus on a week you don't focus on a month you just focus on the day right and you know even the even the worldly saying mind over matter they they almost got the philosophy right there because like i was saying earlier um you know most of our battles if not all are are spiritual so um you know yeah yes uh, there is like physical addiction but uh, i i really think that most of our problems are tied to spiritual you know it's, it's breaking the cycle of sin it's the repetitiveness and um you know that's that's something that you definitely have to take to the lord in prayer yeah of course because you're you have that sin nature you're, you want to do that stuff yeah, yeah that's that's the problem yeah you know it's it's gonna be a daily and you know some some people say you know it's not just a day it's an hour by hour or it's a minute by minute and you have to change that thinking and you have to capture that and to, you know if you're getting told negative you have to counter that you know, you know and speak the word not to quote you know a horrible movie i mean <laughs> it was it, it was a go. good i thought it was a good movie back yeah. when i first watched it uh, you know i was one of those matrix nerds or was it brains i thought that was what no <laughs> but uh it was the first matrix when um neo was getting ready to get out of the car because he had it you know he almost had enough of the nonsense that they were trying to tell him yeah remember that yeah yeah towards the beginning of the movie yep. and he went to go get out of the car and uh, trinity says to him Neo, you know exactly where that road goes. Yeah. And you know it you know where it ends. And I know you don't want to go there anymore. Yeah. And that is such a powerful line in that movie that I think almost all of us can relate to. Uh, the the 
it, it is. And the problem with that is, yeah, some people know where that road goes and they do it anyway. And, and they're like, yeah. I, and that goes back to what we said earlier. It's like, yeah, I'm going to slip up because I want to. And I know God will forgive me. Um, and then so that that's the real the real challenge is opening that door, not opening that door, knowing what what the consequence is. Sometimes we still pick that consequence because your sin nature wants that. And, and this is a constant renewing of your mind, constant, constant. Um, but I know, I know. But I, it's like that that radio program I heard. I mean, I never heard. I personally never heard a message like that before. So that really stuck out to me that morning when he said, the problem is people are asking, the problem is people are asking for their sins to be forgiven, but they're not asking to break the cycle of sin. That really stood out to me. Yeah. And I prayed that prayer that morning. I mean, that's, that's what kickstarted all of this. And that takes courage. Just to, just to pray that. That's well, pray. you know, and we talked about this in the message. I said, you know, honestly, if I known that that prayer would have caused all this, <laughs> I don't know if I would have pulled the trigger on that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm grateful that it happened. Uh, it was scary, and I don't want the, the I don't want this to be a deterrent for you not to pray this prayer because you will not regret it. Yeah. Uh, because it will break you out of that sin that has been plaguing you, um, and also giving you doubt on whether you're going to inherit the kingdom of God. You know, if you're caught up in a sin where like say every single night you're drinking and you're like, I know I should change, but I'm, but I, I haven't yet. And then you, you repeat it every single night and, and say you're, you know, you go to church and you read the Bible and you know what the Bible says and you know, it says that drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you, so you're beating yourself up and maybe it's the only thing you do wrong in your life. And you're like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll still make it to heaven, even though this is what the Bible is saying. And I don't know how to stop. This will take away that doubt because it'll, the Lord will break that cycle of sin if you ask him to. Mm -hmm. And if you break away from that, you can, you can cut it out of your life. Yeah. And it's just a bit, be, be watchful because if that sin is broken out of your life, um, Satan's gonna try and attack you somewhere else. Yeah. So just just be mindful, and you gotta stay stay close to God, stay close in prayer, keep reading your Bible. We can't say that enough. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I, I'm glad you shared the story, man. I, I hope it resonates with somebody that that maybe uh, is, is I don't want to say suffering, but struggling. Yeah. With, with the same thing, uh, I encourage you to reach out to JB. Um, you know, you reach out to any of us. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, JB is, uh, uh, right now, he's living proof that, um, you know, not only can it be done, um, I mean, you're, you're going through it. You can you can understand that far greater than I can. I'm also living proof that, that there is power in prayer and that prayer actually works and that we do serve a God that actually listens because it, it was that prayer that everything started to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And some people will say, oh, it's coincidence. Not man. No. That, no, no, no. <laughs> that no, it's not coincidence. Yeah. And then when the Lord revealed it to me later on, when I was laying in bed, I was reminded of, of that prayer that I said that morning. And then I was like, ah, yeah. Yep. So, no, no, no coincidences. Yeah. I mean, be careful what you wish for, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, but, you know, and I've heard it said before, be careful what you pray for. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, a pastor said years ago that um, I, it was in an, a, 
it was in an adult Sunday school, and the pastor said about uh, praying and asking the Lord to see the to see things through His eyes. Yeah, and He said, "Be careful what you pray for." Yeah, because you might not like what you see. Yeah, um, and it's the same thing with anything, you know. <clears throat> when I prayed and I asked the Lord to break the cycle, I I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, but clearly that's what it took. That's what it needed. It needed to break that cycle. That's what yeah. it needed. Um, and you know, like I said, your your body by no means with the abuse you put it through should have uh, nothing wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <clears throat> I mean that's the thing too. I mean when this is. All everything that took place was miraculous, yeah. you know, because I, and I know I'm just reiterating what I spoke about earlier, but after all the abuse and all the years of abuse, cause I'm, I'm 38 years old after, after all the years of abuse and horrible things I put in my body and, um, between drugs, alcohol, fast food, processed foods, uh, energy drinks, um, smoking, yeah. <clears throat> The fact that there was nothing wrong at all, and I'm in my late 30s, uh, that that tells me, like, you know, the Lord was protecting me all this time, and that, you know, I, I, I'm being preserved. Yeah. And uh, I, I can't waste that, you know what I mean? Uh, so that's another thing that uh, is really kind of driving me forward. And I, I've been in prayer a lot lately. Good. And, <clears throat> you know... This is why this is why this is so powerful. I I cannot go back to what the way I was. Yeah. Uh you know, I don't encourage I don't encourage this and I probably will get rid of it myself, but I like I said before, I still have a fridge full of beer. I still have a half uh, of a bottle of booze. But I can't go back to what I did before because I feel like that would be like getting out of the car as Neo. Yeah. I Well, kind of like thumbing my nose to God. You know, like he... He kicked me off of my course. Yeah, yeah. You know, so now I'm on this new course. I, I can't go back to what I did before. Gotcha. It's, 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 it's difficult. It, it's a process. And it's... Um, that's where your faith will, will be tested a lot. Um and, and you can do it, and I know you can do it. And you know, in times of of struggle, just know that you can reach out to any one of us. And uh, you know, there's some people out of sight, out of mind. You know what I mean? Like I said, they would go home, and, and that that takes a lot too. It takes a lot to open that up and dump it down the sink. You have to change your. It's like you said earlier about replacing it with something else. Yeah. So. What I started doing is, and, and it's only been a short amount of time. It's only been a couple of days. But what I started doing is, when I start to get, when I would start to feel my anxiety come on, I would go upstairs and I'd start reading the Bible. Yeah. You know, the Lord will never punish you for what He wants you to do. Uh, and so, a lot of times I'd start feeling better after I started reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. The Lord wants us to read His Word. And and to study his word and to pray and to pray to him, you know he wants all those things. So, yeah, sometimes you have to uh, you do have to be proactive, uh, and you have to make sober choices. You yeah. could sit, you could sit and stew in your anxiety, 
which I don't recommend doing. <laughs> I think that uh, you're better off praying immediately. Pray immediately as soon as you start feeling it coming on. And, and if you struggle with anxiety, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know how it feels when the anxiety starts coming on to you. Start praying immediately about it. You know, and ask the Lord to take control of your thoughts. Ask him to take, ask Jesus to take the wheel, you know, and, and to, to show you the way. And, you know, break open the Bible, start reading it. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, we're never going to say don't, don't read the Bible. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I, how do you, I mean, there's answers in there that you, uh, if you don't open it, you don't know. And, uh. You know, it, it's. Uh, I'm glad. Like I said, I'm. I'm not glad, but I am glad for you. Um, it's exciting, actually, for you. I had no idea that you were 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 struggling like that. Um, but it, it it's knowing that if if this would not have happened, you know what I mean. It's just like you said. There probably would not be a a point where you're like, ah, you know what, I need to. It, it, it's always like for me in your head, okay, yeah, I got to stop this. I have to stop this. One day I'll eventually not do this or, or whatever. But you never get to that point no. where you're like, uh, and it becomes a cr it, it becomes a crutch. It was right, a crutch. Right. It weighs you down. You know, you leaned on it, yeah, and then you kept going back to it. It's like a magnetic pull. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's like an anchor. Yeah, and it uh, does weigh you down. And you know, aside from all the stuff we already talked about, one huge negativity is it it, it impacts your productivity. Yeah, you know, like I would because my life started to revolve around it. You know, it it would impact like my work for the ministry and stuff. Yeah, you know, so it it would impact my relationships. Like for example. Um, I would probably be less likely to visit family because I wanted to, I wanted to get home sooner and start drinking. Hmm. You know, this is why like in the 12 step program, one of, one of the steps is to apologize to everybody because when you, when you get burdened down with this, the addiction, and like I said, there's all different levels of addiction. There's addictions that, that aren't as bad as mine. And there's addictions that are way worse than mine where maybe their whole life is encompassed with this addiction. And you get to the point where everything is about feeding that, that need and you start to neglect everything in life. You know, you, you neglect your family, you neglect relationships. And it's not that you're trying to be a bad person. It's just that this thing has taken over your life. It became the Lord of your life. This is why this also falls under idolatry. Yeah. Uh, idolatry is, is an easy thing, is, is an easy sin to fall into. And... That's why it's one of the steps in the recovery program is to apologize to all the people that you hurt. You know, you might not have realized you hurt them, but when you were neglecting them because you were busy feeding that need, that that uh, that drive, that you were you were neglecting your other relationships in life. It's very impactful. You know, when they say depression and addiction, it hurts everybody. It does. It affects everybody. Yeah, and you know the twelve steps. It's just the twelve steps include like hope and and faith and humility and and all of that stuff. And you find all that. Um, you need to open the book. You know they base those twelve steps on on biblical principles, um, and that's why, of course, it works and it helps people uh, get through it. But 
uh, it is a process, and it's, um, I mean, can God cure you overnight? Absolutely. Sure. You know, the, will some people take weeks and months and years to get through it? Yeah. Yeah. It could, it could happen that way also. Um, but the important thing is, is, is you, you stay dedicated to it, and once it becomes your routine, it gets easier. If you take the temptation out, um, that makes it easier. Uh, and I think also it's <clears throat> because there's all kinds of, of uh, recovery programs out there. Yeah. But I, I think also it, it will make it easier if you're seeking the Lord in all of this. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of secular programs out there that help people with addiction. But, you know, without the Lord, without Jesus Christ, without living in prayer, uh, Jesus will help you get through it. He will give you the strength you need for that for that daily thing. You know, because again, I'm saying, you know, don't look at the week. Don't look at the month. Look at the day. Right. You're going to tell yourself today, tonight, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to lay down and relax. I'm going to read the Bible. You're filling that void by doing something else. So again, it goes back to what Dr. Mike was saying about doing something else, another activity. Yeah. And then pray. And I, the Lord doesn't want you to fail. I mean, that's why that's that's why it's so important to include Jesus Christ in your in your daily activities and in your life. He's a loving Father that wants to. He wants us to be saved. He wants us to go to heaven and be with him. He's not going to make it where you can't do that if you choose to go that route. Right. Yeah, it's super important. Good good things, man. And, you know, that's a great a great start on your journey. And, I mean, terrible circumstance. <laughs> uh, very scary circumstance. Yeah. Um, but, you know... Uh, I mean, praise God, like that's and the, the people. I, one thing I will say is because you know I was saying earlier that not, you know having trust issues with hospitals and doctors, <laughs> they treated me very well there. Yeah, yeah. Very kind people that I had as as the staff, and they were good to me, really good to me. Good man. So if you are um, in the same boat or on the same lake, then uh, you know reach out to JB or reach out to anyone of us here. Yeah, definitely. Any any last words? But any last? Yeah, words? don't wait another day. Uh, if this is you, if this is something that you relate to in your life, don't wait another day to reach out to me and talk to me about it, and don't wait another day to address it because the cycle of sin will not stop until you make that sober decision to ask the Lord to break that cycle. I'm telling you, it, it's something where like I was conscious about it. I knew that my problem was a problem. I didn't want to openly admit it. As Dr. Mike said, he had no idea. Yeah. And, uh, but I did. I did have a problem. That 12-step program, first first step is acceptance. It's the first step is knowing, uh, yeah, there's there's something up. Yeah. You know, um, and, and coming to terms and being honest with yourself is, is a huge, <laughs> a huge step. You know, um, you know what it took? Officially, I told Dr. I don't know if I talked to, I don't know if I said this on the show earlier. I might have, because we're like an hour and 25 minutes in. But, uh I said that uh, it was a, it was a jab to my ego yeah. when I got my my diagnosis on my release papers and and one of the things I said was alcohol dependence. Yeah. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You're you're that's saying I'm me. an alcoholic? Yeah, that's not me. And then after thinking about it for a little bit, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah they're, <laughs> they're right, they're right. <laughs> they have a description. You're like, yep, 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 I, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they know. Yeah. Because yeah. even though like. 
they they deal with this on a regular basis. Yeah. So they're like, okay, this guy was dizzy. This guy had a shortness of breath. This guy had anxiety. Um, he told us that he drank five or more drinks a day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and they probably also know that I was probably not being completely honest because For sure. a lot of people are not. Yeah, yeah. So if they so they're probably like, oh, if he said he had five or six drinks, he probably had like eight, eight. to ten or yeah, more. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, he was alcoholic dependent. Yeah. You know, it's it. You know, it's like they know they know because they probably deal with it all the time. So I wasn't fooling them. You know, I wasn't out foxing the fox. Right. The, the important thing is there is you you have to want to get better. Yeah. And, and that that's the the key fundamental difference is knowing that there's an issue and but knowing that you want to end that yeah. or, or to change or or to have it finally deal with. I mean, you you can be the victor over that, but you 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 have to be ready. Yeah. You have to want to. And and the, and the it's the Lord that opens up our eyes. Right. Because we, you know, I one thing I pray about in my household is I ask that the Lord Jesus Christ let his spirit and his peace dwell within my household, yeah. dwell within my soul and weigh heavily on the hearts, minds and souls of everyone in the household and open our eyes. Yeah. That includes me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I ask the Lord to open all of our eyes. And so you, because like you were saying, you have to accept it. I mean, you can, you can live in denial. I could have stayed in denial. I could have said, ah, oh, this is a bunch of crap. I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah. I could have done that. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that do because they might say like, oh, well, you know, five to six drinks, that's acceptable. And, you know, maybe to you that is, but I knew that that wasn't the case with me because I was a drunkard. You know, because I was drinking high octane beers and I knew that that five or six, which really was probably between seven and eight or more, depending on the day. And if I had work the next day, I knew that that was probably more like the equivalent to like maybe 10 or beers or more. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I had a problem, you know, <laughs> you know, but that's, <clears throat> but nobody can tell you you have a problem. I mean, they can. But if you don't accept that you have a problem, yeah. if you don't accept that something needs to change, then there's probably not going to be any change. You know, that's something between you and Jesus Christ. And uh, I just, you know, I encourage you to pray about it. Um, ask the Lord for guidance. You know, ask him, you know, what you should do, what needs to be done. Right. And that that's the only freedom. That's, that's where freedom is. So, um for all of us, we're going to take this journey with JB. So you're not alone, dude. Thank you. I and, appreciate uh, that. Um, we're all here. Everybody keep us all in prayer. And if you um, do need to reach out, know that it'll be you know, private. And, uh, you know, we're, we're always here. So um, any yeah. anything else, my man? No, unless you have any more questions for me, I think that uh, that's about it. I'm sure we're going to have a couple of questions that pop up. Then, um, and feel free to do so. Uh, yeah. Comment in the group. Ask any questions publicly. If you don't, if it's a question you don't want to be public, you can send it in a private message. Well, and we're, we're, I know we'll revisit it, you know, and and keep you encouraged to to stay uh, doing what you're doing. This is a great start, and uh, you know, I'm proud of you. Thank you. And it takes a lot, and. Uh, uh, I can't say I've been there, but I have been somewhere similar. This is definitely the Lord working through me because <laughs> it's hard to admit that you're not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> e even though, you know, people, even though we all know we're not perfect, yeah. 
But to come out and admit that, um, and to hear it, especially being a part of the ministry, I realized that, um, some people might not look at me the same way, but you know what, you know, that's not my problem. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Like the, the, the Lord is, you know, he's all forgiving. And, you know, one of the things that also pressed upon my heart yesterday, I was reading in the book of Matthew was, um, about forgiveness Yeah, and it really hit me hard, um, was, Forgive those who trespass against you. Forgive those who do you wrong with all your heart, just like the Lord forgives us. Right. And if you really digest that passage, then you'll really understand how powerful that statement is. Because think about all the sins we've done in our life. And we know the sin. We know what we've done, even if no one else knows all the sins we've done. But the Lord Jesus Christ fully forgives us when we come to him in repentance of our sins and we truly ask for forgiveness and he forgives us. And what he's asking of us is to do the same, have the same amount of mercy on others as he has on us. So when someone comes to ask you for forgiveness, then we are called to forgive and it's the least we could do. You know, it's like that one parable that Jesus told where that one that one official owed the king I was just thinking 50 million that. coins. Yeah, yeah. I just read it yesterday. It, yeah, it just came to me too and I I'm just like it's just like that. And 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 Jesus said the king the king said to the official, "I forgave you, yeah. you evil servant. Yeah. I forgave you your debt." And you didn't. And then you couldn't do the same. Yeah. You couldn't have mercy on that other person that owed you that owed you 100 coins. Yeah. And the least we could do is forgive those who have wronged us. When Jesus Christ forgives us everything we have done as if it was never done. Right. So that's just something to think about. Um, sure. It's easy for our flesh to get in the way, but we have to, that's why we have to constantly pray, ask for, for renewal of mind and renewal of spirit. Amen. Yeah. So well, anyways, this show is getting good, pretty long. Yeah, so. yeah good episode. man. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you uh, had the courage to put that out there. Thank you. And uh, like I said, I'm proud of you. I know, I know everybody, I know Bree, Bree's going to be super proud of you and uh, you know, reach out to JB. Um, give him a, Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> you know, and, and thank I'm you. I'm hanging for, in there for, for everyone that, that the Lord listening. is, the Lord is good. Amen. All right. So until next time, Right, JB? Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you then.